Yeah. Ooh. Oh, let's hate do this. Let's I'm do not, it. I don't feel any hate. I'm full. Live from a Thanksgiving-shaped Tech Bro Kabuki Theater mask. It's the ESG industry's only weekly woke data podcast featuring Analyst Hall Matt Muscardi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In today's you do that, you sound like it's a horse. Uh, in today's ESG pre-stomach a called November twenty second, twenty twenty three, a tech bro victory at OpenAI and some billionaire CEO awesomeness. Yeah. Oh. That's so. Um, that's your pre-stomach ache? That sounds like the stomach ache. Our show today is being sponsored by really nobody. It's an open slot. Our, our, our primary sponsor always, is, taking a, look, is taking a pause. So it's, Always make it sound like everyone Monday wants show. to be a that's part Monday of That's Monday show. Monday oh, is okay. sponsored by Freefall Analytics. Yeah, okay. Today's show... I'm trying to entice future sponsors. Yeah, nothing says enticement like nobody wants to sponsor this slot, so come on. For, for the final time, I want to plug uh, Allison Taylor's book. Allison Taylor joined our show a few weeks back. I'm going to plug her book one more time. It's called Higher Ground, How Business Can Do the Right Thing in a Turbulent World. Oh, that's nice. Was that just written into the copy from a copy-paste, or is that, a, is that like an effort? You ready to do the show? I don't like, I don't like what you're saying. <laughs> you ready? All that said, go get the book. It's a good book. First a headline, then a quick wrap-up. Quick recap. Larry Summers and Brett Taylor are joining OpenAI's board as Sam Altman returns as CEO. <laughs> quick recap. If you're not incredibly nerdy and loserish like us. Okay, oh, uh, on Friday, OpenAI board fired Sam Altman. No longer had him. They said they no longer had confidence in his ability to continue leading OpenAI. They tapped CTO Mira Marati to be the interim CEO. She nice. lasted a couple of hours, maybe? Uh, it's like 20, 36, 36-ish. Then they appointed Twitch co-founder Emmett Shear as the new interim CEO. And here we are today. Sam Altman is back. And, and just uh, another recap, because I, I the entire business news world gets this wrong, because they, they, they all think that the board did something wrong foolish or wrong. Yeah. But yeah. I want to remind mm -hmm. everyone what the, the original dispute was, why they got rid of Sam Altman. The dis there's a dispute between Sam Altman and co-founder Ilya Setskover, who is the chief scientist officer also on the board, about the future direction of the company. Altman mm -hmm. has reportedly been criticized by some within the company for trying to push the company's development of AI tech too quickly. Yep. Uh -huh. specifically, right. a no push, specifically a push to achieve artificial general intelligence called AGI, which is an AI that can learn to accomplish any intellectual task that human beings can perform. Ilya Setskover was leading OpenAI's super alignment team, which was created to stop AI from going rogue and ignoring human orders. Mm -hmm. And it's perhaps telling that the interim CEO from Twitch, Emmett Shear, was also a vocal advocate for cautious AI development. So, Matt, oh, wait. This, none of this was a mistake. None of, the, none of this just happened at a bar one night. There was an actual reason why the board did the right thing and fired Sam Altman. But wait a minute. Here's the gap. Yeah, the gap is, so you have every 
tech bro CEO in the universe signed a letter saying we're worried about AI. Sam Altman himself walks Sam around Altman. and Sam saying, Altman, we have covered on this show at least a dozen times, has gone around in a very hand-wringing pose. Yep. Saying, we're says, really worried. Very sheepishly, very charmingly saying, we're worried that the tech that we're creating might destroy De- humanity. Destroy humanity. Yes. Even Elon Musk in an earnings call had to say that they what they plan on building all these robot like a like assistant manufacturing whatevers they they had to say we have to have a hard coded off switch to avoid them basically going rogue like terminator said it in an earnings call okay so and, and yeah. all of them are 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 are, are speaking Afraid, afraid and, cat. And I want one more reminder, and and to say something good about Elon Musk. It was the fear of the oh. power of. It was the fear of the power of AI, which is part of the reason why they co-founded OpenAI. The startup began as a non-profit, yeah, with the, with the mission of building safe and powerful AI that would benefit all of humanity. This is one of the reasons why Elon Musk left because he disagreed with the direction of the company. And part of the reason why the board did the right thing getting rid of Sam Altman was that since taking the helm as CEO four years ago, Altman has transformed OpenAI into a leader in AI AI innovation with over $13 billion in funding from Microsoft alone. How, Uh How does that support the mission? I tell you, Matt, it does not. Forget, forget, like, so also, this is not a show where you're ever going to hear us, like, sing the praises of Elon Musk that I just much. did. Like, How it's, dare it's you. really hard did. to sing the praises of an anti-Semite Proving who I'm a everybody. true analyst. I just yeah, praised them. But it's true that he had the foresight to say this could be destructive and needs a governance system that prevents it from being destructive. So create that governance system. In fact, Musk purportedly left because they wanted to go more for-profit. Exactly. And as soon as he left, they set up this weird for-profit shell company owned right. by the nonprofit so they could raise money. Led by Sam that Altman. Led by Sam Altman. All of them are talking about how desperately afraid they are that AI will destroy humanity. Mm-hmm. But this is the moment where we can say at, at a minimum... Three board members in the entire tech bro AI community stood up and actually four. did no, four. something. Four. No, we there know were four. four except yeah. we know that the fourth is a holdover and still on this board. Okay, staying fine. Staying with the tech bros. I, I don't care about that. That's you call it, you're talking about core CEO no, that, Adam D'Angelo? Yeah, but that means he is back on board with okay. Sam Altman turning this into a for-profit company, effectively. Well, the, according to reporting, the reason why he's the holdover is he is he he's the only one giving the previous board some representation. He might be the lone voice, Matt, that is the, has any kind of caution in the room. So what you better I know, praise him. I'm going to praise right, him. What, what I think is there are yeah. two people on the board worth actually praising because there are two people, no, the only you. two women mm-hmm. on the board, stood up and said, this is not okay. That's Helen Toner and Tasha McCauley. You are all talking about how AI can destroy humanity. We are doing studies about how AI can destroy humanity. We know there are tremendous risks to developing this technology. We need to do it safely. Helen Toner, director at Georgetown Center for Security and Emerging Technologies. And here you are pushing it as a product and bringing as much money in as possible and talking about chat GPT-4 turbo and all the, like, we're monetizing it faster than we should be. The right thing to do, and we know these conversations 
conversations didn't happen after four seconds of thought. Mm-hmm. Like they, I'm sure they happened after months of, we need to slow down. We need to think of this through. They're the only ones who stood up and said, we're not just afraid of this. We are going to do something about it by removing the CEO who is actively pushing against the mission of the nonprofit that this was founded on. Like the principles that this organization was founded on was AI and safety. And if you're going to push past the safety and just go for the AI, you cannot be the CEO of this company. And they're the ones who are gone. And here's what, here's the important thing, because here's what the business news and the rest of the world is reporting. Uh, this one is out of Business Insider. John Bates, a British tech entrepreneur, former fellow at Cambridge University, says that the OpenAI board behaved like a bunch of kids. No, oh. but no, but really, like, but this is this is the language used often to re- to represent the the work of the women, like you were talking about, right? Like that they're somehow. Uh, uh, acting like juvenile delinquents. Also, Yahoo's former CEO, Marissa Meyer, said uh, that the board members were broken and under-advised. Uh, that's fun coming from Marissa Meyer. But, but, there's, no, <laughs> but there, there's no proof of any of these uh, uh, of, the, of this opinion about that board. And, and I will disagree with you slightly, Matt. I think all four, four board members stepped up. Not only Helen Toner and Tasha McCauley, but also the, the holdover... Uh, Adam D'Angelo, and of course, Ilya Sutskiver, who is the one who is is building the forces at OpenAI to prevent the discretion of Does it matter if you stand up and then immediately back down? Okay, like, immediately. We're talking 72 hours have gone by. They did the right thing probably in the first case. You're right. but And immediately are reversing course, and not just reversing course. They are stepping down well, no, in order to make uh, well, room for who? Well, there was a, okay, here's, okay, let's talk about this part of the story. It, uh, ostensibly, this might be a, a victory for stakeholders, let's call it, because one of the reasons why this might have happened is because there are reports that uh, 95% of open AI employees, I think Verge said that 747 out of 770 open AI employees basically threatened to leave if they did not fire the board and bring back Sam Altman. So uh, I, without that kind of power behind them, I don't know that this would have happened. And one of the reasons why, and this gets us back to, you know, the tech bro fantasy world that we live in is that this is uh, why Combinator co-founder Paul Graham said this about Sam Altman. You could parachute him into an island full of cannibals and come back in five years and he'd be the king. So again, this is all is all a charm offensive. This is all yeah. about just a charming tech bro just leading the sheep. Doesn't matter that the company veered off its path, veered off its nonprofit path, veered off its path to prevent AI from destroying humanity. All that matters was that the room loved Sam Altman, and of course, all the investors, the Satya Nadellers, the Peter Thiels, the the Thrive Capital, one of the investors in OpenAI that is run, that is founded and run by Josh, uh, by Jared Kushner's brother, Joshua Kushner. They all love Sam Altman. That's what's important here. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Well, look, I want to talk to the 5% of employees that actually didn't sign a letter demanding Work that the board us. resign yeah. and, and that, that the, that of all people, Brett Taylor get added to the board. I want to talk to the 5% because that 5% 
might be the only 5% that recognized the actual mission of the company that they thank joined. You. Yes, thank like they, you. They, they, that, that to me right, suggests that the stakeholders involved actually didn't understand the mission either. They had too much personal incentives. In fact, they were they know there's millions of dollars to be made here. Individually, for each of them, I'm millions. sure. Millions, that's low. They may, they may want to be a part of the AI revolution. They may po- totally believe in the founder fetish that is Sam Altman. They may want to lick his foundry feet. I don't really care. That wasn't what it was designed to do. It isn't. In fact, a it was designed company. to do the exact opposite the of that. The exact <laughs> opposite of that. They and were you all basically for, they're basically forewarning against authoritarian rule by tech bros who just are just playing with the world to make money. I mean, and again, to Elon Musk's credit, yes. as an authoritarian figure, an authoritarian tech bro. For once, now, I'll give like, him credit. Yeah. He had the foresight to say, we cannot have AI be run in an authoritarian manner. It is way too dangerous. Purely for profit, yeah. And the outcome of this, which we're going to get to, the new board, is our deep slide into authoritarianism. We don't care. We fetishize and it's it's not about governance. we We report here all the time, if you've been listening to our show, which you should be, it should be required, honestly. Our, our show. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, we mean, know we were voted school. I feel well, like you know we don't plug enough. Is that some some entity on the internet voted us the top ten best uh, business podcast? Right. Yeah. And if I, it's so great that I don't remember their name. <laughs> well, whatever. the best the best part about it is that we came in just under the California. Okay, local stop. Business stop. Review. Don't ruin it. <laughs> Uh, if you've been listening to our show, you know that what we've been covering uh, over and over and over is the rise in the rule of authoritarian figures. We focus on the ones in the corporate world, the the people that we call, like the Mark Zuckerbergs, the Elon Musk, the people that control their boards and companies, either through some kind of weird dual-class share system or just by shoving the board with their idiotic brothers. But also... We've also been reporting here that many countries themselves are turning to authoritarian rule. It, it, it recently happened in Italy. It just happened in Argentina a couple of days ago. It's happening, of course, in the U.S. with Trump. And, and we have the most conservative regime ever in New Zealand. Um, it's like we're seeing it everywhere. It's so, everywhere. yeah. So let's get to the new board, the new initial board that we know of as of today. Uh, and I think you pointed out some of these names already, Matt. Uh, Brett Taylor. He is going to be the chair. <laughs> How dare you, audience? <laughs> he is the new chair of the board. Larry Summers uh, and Adam D'Angelo. I'll let you talk about all three of these people individually. But as far as we know now, these three new directors, their first task is to build the eventual board of nine people. We don't know if Sam Altman's going to be on that board. We don't know that people from Microsoft will be on this board, but we can assume that that will be true in both cases. But can this I is what we're starting with. Yeah, Brett Taylor was actually named in the employee letter, right? Like the demand letter. <laughs> yeah, we, did, we laughed true? about that Monday. That's we don't, true, We don't correct? know why. But Does Matt, anybody you, know why Brett Taylor? Well, okay, Matt, You, I, I think we know why. Matt, you did a quick analysis, a quick facial analysis this morning. I did. I did do that. <laughs> and I also pulled um, a picture from, of all places, Twitter, of Greg Brockman, who was uh, a board member who was fired on Friday, and he stepped down, but now, we'll, of course, he'll be back. We don't know in what role. Greg Brockman posted a photo on Twitter, and all it said is, we are so back with a picture 
of the OpenAI staff. And what stands out about all these people, Matt, to you and what about in your facial analysis? So in in my rudimentary facial analysis, yeah. and if you don't follow us on LinkedIn, follow like reach out to me on LinkedIn, follow FreeFloat on LinkedIn because I put this there too. Uh, when you actually bald or semi-bald, yeah. uh, Sam Altman. Like just, 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 so close your eyes. You can picture Sam Alton's sort of uh, pouty face. Pretend he's a little bit balder. Like he's just, he, he's mostly gone. And then you put him next to a picture of Brett Taylor and Larry Summers, who's the other board member who just joined. They are literally identical human beings. And like, if you're, <laughs> it is like watching aging happen. And, if you, is. and if you open this picture from Greg Brockman, uh, the three most visible faces I see are white balding men, and and not yes. to mention that by there are some people of color in the audience behind in the the staff behind them, but by far and large, it looks like it's ninety five percent male. So now we have a company that was set up to avoid tech bro authoritarianism controlling AI by governance by mandate by the structure and the mandate of the company. It's a non, as a nonprofit that has replaced the two women on the board who did their jobs in slowing or stopping the authoritarian mm -hmm. rise and product rise of AI to put on guardrails. And, and, they, and the man who's desperately fighting within the company to prevent it, too. They've been, but only the women have been replaced. The man no, Ilya, has, is still Ilya, at the company. Well, Ilya, he's at okay, the company, but he's not, he's not on but the he's board. But he's not, not on the new board, though. That's what so I'm saying. So he's not say. on the new board, but he's at the company. Yeah. Now the board is four people who, when you put their pictures together, three you people, wouldn't three be people able so to tell, far. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to tell the difference between any one of them. They well, literally are the same. It's a uniperson. Let's talk about the new uh, board members, Brett Taylor. Uh, he was the chair. Okay. This is how bad Brett Taylor is. This is why the audience probably booed. I know some of the people in the audience today, so I'm yeah. guessing the reason why they booed. Probably. Yeah. Brett Taylor was the chair of Twitter leading up yes. to the sale to Elon Musk. So see, he was the yeah. one uh, smoking a big fat cigar as he handed over the reins to one of the most powerful social media outlets to a a petulant anti-Semitic uh, brat. So that's Brett Taylor. What he, to Brett Taylor's like uh, credit, what okay. he did mm -hmm. was represent shareholders incredibly well. What he didn't do is represent humanity at all. Which is the key issue Which here is at OpenAI. the only issue. Yes, absolutely. That was the governance structure. Absolutely. So, Brett Taylor, excellent job at Twitter, selling it for incredibly more Sold value your than soul. You, 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 you could have gotten Kurt anyway. Cobain died for your, because of your sale to Twitter. Every, I'm convinced everybody, of it. Everybody is happy with the money they got from Twitter, except for the fact that now it is an anti-Semitic platform that basically is one person's ego and and it is the worst thing for humanity. So can we expect that they eradicate the governance structure, which is what everybody, all the quotes, all the press seems to be around. We need to get rid of the stupid governance structure. So is the expectation now we bring in Larry Summers and Brett Taylor to help blow up this this quote unquote ridiculous structure in which humanity right. is put placed first. Let's talk about Larry Summers. Larry Summers is currently on the board of Jack Dorsey's block. 
and of yep. a company uh-huh. called and a company called Skillsoft. Who Larry Summers is is he was influential in the deregulation of the U.S. financial system, including the repeal of the Glass-Steagall Act. Basically, the architect of the too big to fail movement. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I, I would say that was the beginning. Yeah. Uh, and here's a quote about that. Uh, Wall Street's mega banks want to remain too big to fail because that means they get big bonuses in good times and get taxpayers to bail them out in bad times. So that's kind of the, oh, yeah. the sum takeaway oh, of that. Nicely done. Nicely but done. But how about this? How about Because we're focusing on tech broism. We're focusing on all these men looking alike. How about this article uh, I found in The Guardian? This is from 2006 about Larry Summers called Why Women Are Poor at Science. Oh, Tell me. So there was a huge, this led to, so Larry Summers was part of the Obama administration. He was part of the Clinton administration first, then the Obama administration. What led to him stepping down in the Obama administration, we think, is this. This speech he gave arguing that men outperform women in math and science because of biological difference and that discrimination is no longer a career barrier for female academics. He offered three explanations for the shortage of women in senior posts in science and engineering, starting with their reluctance to work long hours because of oh. ch- because of childcare responsibilities. He went on to argue that boys outperform girls on high school science and math scores because of genetic difference. He blah, also, blah, blah. He also played down the impact of sex bias and appointments to academic institutions, saying the real issue is the overall size of the pool and it's less clear how much the size of the pool was held down by discrimination. So this is the man, this is the, what, this is a great choice. No, I mean, not only did he, this is perfect. Not only is he architect, uh, potentially regulation, one of the, one of the key yeah. factors that led to the financial collapse in 2008 <laughs> also led to, to runaway bonuses and, and equity, you know, equity packages to CEOs. But he also is, Maybe the grandfather of this weird uh, anti-DEI movement that that is obsessed with this notion that that the reason why that we have so many white men is because they're better. That that's why we're just better. Which you heard here when Vivek said it, right. and then had to backtrack just, when we pointed out the opposite. Is I mean, true, right? Really, just shocking. And I'll, I'll, I I'll look. Yeah, go ahead. I I I I can't I can't get over this because mm-hmm. if it basically. This is Dorsey's friends, and this is like this is a repeat of everything we know. And in fact, the only notes we uh, that I wrote down from pre-production this morning yeah. were these three notes. These three these three takeaways. Mm-hmm. Number one, we absolutely hate women who take any stand. The only two people who are like the, the holy SG movement, basically, yeah. The scapegoats in this whole thing are mm-hmm. Helen Toner. And Tasha McCauley. There's nobody else who's like, they're the petulant child board, right? Ilya's still at the company. uh, D'Angelo's still on the board. um, And they add these other two people. Altman's now back. So whose fault was it? Now we're basically saying... That we can we can forgive our tech bro brethren, Ilya and 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 D'Angelo, but because they're both in the fold. Yeah. But we cannot forgive the two women who stood up and said, Hey, wait, our job is something not this, right? Yes. Like we have to do our job. So the the this is very clearly w- number one. We we really don't like women in this ballgame. Yeah, we not all. only do we not only do do we not like oversight in general, but specifically we hate women because to your to your point, all four directors did the right thing, but the only two who are still with the company are the two men. 
Exactly. So yeah. DEI, this is this is a shot across the bow of anything DEI related, because if you are not in the main cohort, if you are not the fist bumping tech bro, the chances that anyone wants to hear your opinion for real is almost zero. Well, that is the yeah. message that I hear. Like when you do the job, right? When you do the job and Everyone, and I mean everyone, every media outlet, every tech Silicon Valley person, everyone everywhere, including like our like Pivot, um, Kara Swisher and mm -hmm. Scott Galloway. They're talking about like how this board is dysfunctional and stupid. Uh, everyone how? is piling how? on. Yeah. How are everyone we the only? How are we on the only ones do on the, their But job. how? How are we the only ones on the right side of history on this one? I don't. I. I, I in what way? I, I'm sorry, but especially for the Kara Swishers and the Scott Galloways. And in, in what way did they make the wrong move here? Uh, that's number two. Yeah. Everyone hates good governance. Good governance. That seems to be good, another important takeaway good here. Good governance. Yeah. This is what good governance does. It avoids fuck ups to humanity. That's what good governance does. Well, if you, you know, do governance well, you avoid the worst outcomes. You can't say like, okay, I'm going to put this person on my board and I'm going to outperform. That's not generally how it works. It might, but that's not how it works. The job of these boards and these governance structures is to avoid you doing horrible things. Yeah. So measuring governance is usually things avoided, which means it's really hard to measure. What those two women did was act in the avoidance of horrible stuff. Yeah. That's exactly what they did. That's and always, but that's always it. the role of women in our society. And, we and, and that's why they're not given power. We absolutely loathe it. And we see it in free flow analytics data. That's why uniformly across the world, women have less influence than they have body count because we do not want anybody to say, avoid doing like the big crazy boy well, vision. You know what? We I hate mommy telling us we can't. Uh, I'm glad you we brought up. It. I'm glad you brought up mommy because, it, and bear with me with this analogy. But in some oh, ways, God. to me, they represent atheists, right? Because what the world has always needed, because of this incredible fear of of our own mortality, right? Is we need a daddy in the sky. We need a we since we've been <laughs> no, but really since we've or been alive, mommies in the but sky. since we've been alive, we've turned to God because we're afraid that we're afraid constantly of everything. We're afraid, but but first and foremost, we're afraid of dying, right? Yeah, so of course. we gravitate towards these figures that make us feel good and make us feel safe. And I, I don't know how this is different. The, the, the two atheists and the women, the two, the two mothers, mommies, as you call them, basically said, you know, this daddy is going to destroy us. We have to get rid of him. And everybody revolted. Everybody was like, everybody no, loses their mind. We, we need the punishing God. We need the horrible dictator Trump to, to yell at us and to tell misogynistic jokes. We need these things to feel safe because we are afraid of being alone in this vast world. And the third takeaway I have here yeah. is that tech bro outweighs intellectual every single time. You People want to buy the dream. They don't want to buy the reality. Nobody wants the scientist in Ilya who's saying, I'm measuring stuff. It's not looking good. We need yeah. to do the right thing. Everybody wants the one who can come in and be like, I'm going to fucking Mars. I am building AI to replace humans at uh, everything and, that's terrible. And Matt, this you is why- to buy the dream, yeah. never the reality. Well, this you is never why, want the reality. This is why Elon Musk calls ESG satanic, right? And, call, and exactly. refers, refers to it as evil because it is, it is providing like a, a, a more sober, intellectual, academic- 
thought process, creating some kind of long-term guardrails over like a short-term need to like piss on whatever you want to piss on. So those are my three takeaways from the whole story. We right. hate when women take stands and DEI is like, this is like an anti-DEI play. We loathe governance and we hate anyone who says like, who doesn't sell the dream. They sell I, reality. We I beg of our audience, whether it's three people or 3 million people to at least use the, use this show. This might be our, our, one of our most important our shows last ever. Shows. Use this show. <laughs> To, to further this conversation at your Thanksgiving ta- Thanksgiving dinner table, be be on the right side of history on this one. Understand what really happened to OpenAI. Don't fall for all the bullshit you're reading out there. Like, take this show to your dinner table, pour some gravy on it, eat it, enjoy it, whatever you got to do. Here's the amazing thing. Yeah. In our the Monday show when we reviewed like what now feels like three thousand year old news uh, over the weekend of uh, of. Sam Altman and OpenAI. You opened the show talking about Elon Musk and his anti-Semitic remarks and Bill Ackman, the guy mm-hmm. who's actively attacking Harvard elites and like kids who say stupid shit at Harvard and getting them doxxed because Ackman defended Elon Musk. Yeah. He's anti, he's like, pro-Israel, you can't say anything against it, you can't, you know, like he, he's super angry, he wants he's to trying kill hard, the careers give him a break. of kids, it's hard running and then he Twitter. goes to Elon Musk and he says, oh, well, that guy just shoots from the hip, right? Yeah. Like, so the kids don't shoot from the hip, no. they're they're uneducated, I would never hire them, but Elon Musk, he shoots from the well, hip, we just don't understand him. That it, is yeah. exactly, that, that, that microcosm called this whole thing. Matt, you could have taken that and said, "That's what's going to happen here. We're just going to bring the tech bros in." In an unironic Microsoft play, in an unironic twist of fate, Bill Ackman, also one of the main proponents, one of the main anti-DEI pushers at places like Harvard. So, so really, like part of that anti-DEI, anti-ESG movement uh, in the first place. I, honestly, and if if nothing else, the thing that I've learned is, first of all, n- we all may, as a collective society, have decided we love authoritarians, we don't like women who stand up or are people of color or anybody who's got power that isn't a white male. We loathe governance and we hate science, like uh, intellectuals and science. We like to buy the dream. Those things may be true, but I am more deeply entrenched in what we built at Free Flow Analytics that we should know the name and performance of every one of these people who run these companies. I think it's more important, more important than, than ever, ever you know why? to know how these people are connected, how they think, who's got power, what they do with it. Well, I Matt, don't know when it's been more important than now. The, the two most important numbers that you stumbled on recently was that uh, 96% of shareholder votes support directors. 96%, right? Yes, and the other 96%. key number is that only point. Two percent out of directors globally are, receive a, a no vote, essentially, Get voted right? Out. Yeah. And here's what we've learned that they're, at, and I don't care if you want to look the other way and you don't want to believe this and you think we're being too aggressive, there is absolutely a protected class of, of directors and CEOs in this world. And this story proves it because the reason why they're angry is that they see Sam Altman, they see the tech bro as a protected class. And you, we, and you cannot go after him. And this is what we're seeing at, at public company boards as well. They're, pro, they're protected. They're, they're worse than protected because we know that 
like since 1926, 57% of the stock market, I, and just contextualize this, 1926 was nearly 100 years ago. Mm -hmm. 57% of stocks underperformed treasuries in this country. Okay. And in the same time period, directors, we don't have it back to 1926, but we know at least the last 10 years, directors get voted out at a 0.2% rate. So yeah. what we're saying is half of companies underperform. We mm -hmm. love the meritocracy. We love the founder fetish. We love the big dreams. We love talking about how these founders are outsized personalities. But the fact is they're actually average. Yeah. Half of them by definition are average and the numbers bear it out in what you get in your stock market returns. Yeah. And yet we cannot for the life of us figure out a way to vote anyone well, out. That defines a protected class, I'll tell doesn't you, it? That basically yeah. defines it. And I'll tell you part of the problem is that they're they're so protected that people don't even know who they up. they don't even know who they are. They don't they, they refer don't to the they refer to the board at Walmart. They don't know yeah. they don't care or know who these directors are. It's like they it's like they intentionally putting on blinders. And I'm not just talking about normal investors. I'm talking about people within our own ESG industry. They they they're still stuck on governance from 2009. Identifying whether they're male or female, or how how long their ten years—that's it. They don't care who these people are. And the the and I'm going to segue into the next story because I'm all amped up yeah, now. Come on, I could go on forever. I want to wrap but, this up. Come on. But but the 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 penultimate example of that is: Did you know that Warren Buffett has his child and like wife and everyone he's ever met and liked on his board? No, well, we don't care who's on his board. Good segue because he's Warren Buffett. Good segue, because let's continue to focus on this like fetishization or whatever you want to call it, worship of billionaires or worship of tech bros or white CEOs. I don't know what you want to call this worship of authoritarian rule, right? Where we don't question them any longer once they've passed a certain threshold of either being overly charming or overly rich. Those are the things I guess that we yeah, need. Both. And that's what, and isn't <laughs> that how we, and, and as an charming? I'm, and I'm going to say as an atheist, I'm, I apologize for this, but isn't this how basically people uh, how they describe God. He's either overly charming or overly rich. Cause right. Cause he <laughs> owns know, everything. Rich, he, but really that's the same thing. All right, let's talk I about it. <laughs> the, bil uh, the billionaire CEO class wants you to hate them uh, uh, less because before the holiday, this is the, these are the two headlines. Okay. Warren Buffett celebrates Thanksgiving with a nearly $900 million gift. See oh, how they, they awesome. dropped this story right before Thanksgiving. Matt, to your point, here's where that gift is going. It's going to more Buffett family members. Yeah. He donated uh, to the, the Susan let Thompson him, Buffett Foundation, named after his late wife, and to three of his children's organizations. So he's just giving it all to the Buffetts. That's what he's doing. But they, <laughs> but again, they announced they this right before strapped. Thanksgiving. So we can, they hate were cash him strapped. we can hate him a little bit less. Also, Jeff Bezos also in this, using the same PR strategy, announcing his giving right before Thanksgiving. Jeff Bezos fund donates $117 million to support homeless charities. Okay. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, to put that number into perspective, Matt, to put that $117 million number into perspective, uh, yeah. Since uh, in October, Bloomberg reported that he has spent $147 million in the last two months buying two homes in Miami. 
Oh, oh. Okay. Okay. So Jeff Bezos has pledged to give two billion dollars to uh to the homeless. He pledged this in 2018. So far, he's given almost 640 million dollars. At this rate, it will take him until 2033 to no, meet this pledge. You got to really find the it's it's you got to find the homeless, and then you got to ask him if they want the money. And it's what slow. are you waiting for, it's Jeff? Sl- it's slow going. Uh, speaking of the billionaires, a new report by the Guardian, Oxfam, and Stockholm Environmental Institute is calling uh, calling something they're they're calling it the Polluter Elite, and they are disproportionately driving climate change, according to a new report, with the wealthiest one percent of people in the world putting out as much carbon pollution as the poorest two thirds. They're also saying that the world's richest one percent are emitting enough carbon to cause heat-related deaths for 1.3 million people. Oh. And in the same report, they said that tw- just 12 billionaires' climate emissions outpollute 2.1 million homes. Oh. Normal, normal people's homes. Move, uh, still stay with the billionaires. But, but we all want to be one of those 12. Let me... Let me get to the end of the show. How dare you? Uh, speaking, st- staying with billionaires, Binance CEO and founder Cheng Peng Zhao. He's, he's known as CZ. CZ. Yeah. yeah, which is close to sleazy, which is nice. Aww. He's agreed to step down after pleading guilty to money laundering violations. So the Justice Department said it was fining Binance at least $4 billion in penalties. And here's why. The, the, the complaint alleges that CZ and Binance prioritized, quote, growth over compliance. Oh, so that g- takes likes us mommy. right back to the open AI story. <laughs> um, and finally, let me end this horrible show with some good holiday cheer. You oh. UAW head Sean Fain has his sights on Elon Musk, quote, the world's richest man is the richest man for a reason. They get this kind of wealth by exploiting other people. So maybe, maybe oh. a union battle brewing at Tesla. That might be a fun Christmas present. Something to quash, Elon. Yeah. Just something else to quash. Uh, this this, uh, I, this show is hot. Plenty. Come on. This, I was running hot, this show. That's Damian Rollis, Hazelnut Rollis. I am your analyst, Sol Matt Muscardi. We are Free Float. The show, even though it's not sponsored by... A lot of things we talk about we get from freefloatanalytics.com. Go there for the love of everything. We are prioritizing governance over growth. So that's how, and the reason why you know that is because it's not growing super fast. So go there and help us grow faster so that we can govern better. Otherwise, come back to us. We won't be here Thursday or Friday because of the holiday in the U.S. Come back to us next week. Until then, 